the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Happy Wednesday, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. I'm Jenna Ellis. Glad to be back with you. And thanks so much to my dear friend and Salem media colleague, Sebastian Gorka, for filling in yesterday. Great show with his um, just amazing take and really brilliant insight onto uh, the Ukraine situation. And if you haven't listened to that show, absolutely go back and listen to it. I was listening to it yesterday. Uh, Love Seb and all of his insights. I actually got to have dinner with him and his wife, along with some other uh, really great friends at CPAC last week. And, you know, we were talking about this whole situation uh, with Ukraine, of course, uh, you know, Joe Biden and the failing administration. And, um, you know, Seb and I were talking about how uh, the Ukraine situation is so interesting and fascinating from the perspective of um, American interventionism and uh, how Americans should approach Ukraine. And my take on this, of course, is that Ukraine is a sovereign nation. Of course, it has the right to protect its borders. Of course, there's there no justification from Putin to invade Ukraine. <clears throat> But when you have a United States president that is so weak on the on the national world stage, when you have Joe Biden and his failing administration that is uh, really not giving any sort of sanctions on uh, Putin, when you look at the dynamic that has gone on over the last year, then, of course, America and the Biden administration is partly to blame for the situation going on in Ukraine. But what I find really fascinating is the fact that the leftists um, kind of overnight, you saw their pictures on Twitter that used to have their masks and their virtue signaling uh, just kind of overnight disappear. And when you had, you know, the two uh, vaccine shot emojis that were in their, you know, personal pronoun bios that, you know, I identify as fully vaccinated and boosted, you know, suddenly overnight, all of that disappeared. And now you have the Ukraine flag, you have the, you know, promotion of President Zelensky, you have, you know, all of this stuff that's very pro-Ukraine. And I'm sitting here thinking, going, okay, wait a second, you are championing um, sovereign nations a closed border against invasion, arming a citizenry to uh, actually combat a foreign invasion and a president that is standing firm on all these things, that is completely diametrically opposite to everything that the Biden administration and the Democratic left stands for. I mean, just last night in the State of the Union, Joe Biden is, is saying that we need to uh, repeal the liability shields for gun manufacturers. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, wait a second. What about championing arming the population and the citizenry there in Ukraine? And also what about repealing the liability shield for the vaccine manufacturers? Where's the discussion of all of that? Did you notice Dr. Fauci? Nowhere on the national stage anymore. The narrative has shifted overnight <clears throat> from COVID 
And from all of these restrictions, from all of these compulsory vaccines, suddenly to, oh, we have to stand up against Putin and we are going to be the nation that is protecting Ukraine. And I was so mad last night listening to Joe Biden and this stolen valor when he says we are helping Ukraine, we this, we that. I'm thinking, what are you doing? You're doing absolutely nothing. If this were President Trump, the world wouldn't even be in this situation right now. So for Joe Biden to not mention Afghanistan once, to not mention the 13 Marines that lost their lives because of cabal, not even mention those. And shout out to my home state Congresswoman Lauren Boebert for actually reminding the world uh, and America last night when she shouted out, you know, 13 U.S. soldiers. That was great because Joe Biden is doing absolutely nothing except lying from that podium. And so what is the narrative that the left actually wants to project when they're sitting there saying, oh, we are so pro-Ukraine, And yet Ukraine is ostensibly standing for everything that domestically in terms of policy they reject. What is the narrative here? Where is this going? That's an interesting question that I want to uh, continue to discuss with my guest, um, Chad Robichaud, who will be joining me here in just a few minutes. Um, But I just think that the reaction to the State of the Union last night, it was so frustrating to so many people who who heard Joe Biden's lies, who heard him not even be able to pronounce a lot of the words off of the teleprompter, who said Iranians instead of Ukrainians. And you kind of have to wonder, does he even know what's going on? Does he even understand what he's saying? Or is he literally just reading this? And if the teleprompter shut off, would he be able to be present in any of these topics that ostensibly he's making decisions on behalf of the executive branch for the United States of America. I mean, that's, that is a really, really serious problem. And um, so the State of the Union last night, I just thought was probably the worst, um, even from, you know, the Obama years, uh, probably the worst in recent American history, not only for the lies, which of course, you know, the Democrats are total hypocrites, they're total liars, but also um, because he gave this very positive sort of upbeat tone. And I'm thinking, what accomplishments are you actually touting? Why are you saying that the State of the Union is so positive? Every president who goes into a State of the Union address has to uh, basically give you know, this optimism, this signal of strength. Um, and for President Trump, it was actually true. He didn't have to exaggerate. We had the greatest economy. We had... Um, a secure border. He was building the wall. He was doing all of these things that were truly making America great again. And yet here's Biden, who's going into the midterms with absolutely disastrous poll numbers and disastrous uh, favorability ratings on every single issue he addressed last night, all of them. He's going in as if he's somehow winning on all of these issues. I mean, it it was thoroughly insulting to the American people. And for him to suggest that somehow going maskless at the State of the Union was his own accomplishment and was saying, you know, now we have, you know, victory over COVID, but we're still going to, you know, make sure that every American gets vaccinated. We're still going to promote all of this. Okay, where was this literally four weeks ago when in Washington, D.C., there was a vaccine requirement and a mask mandate for the March for Life? And literally not six weeks ago, we were on this show talking about how the Biden administration was arguing in front of the United States Supreme Court 
that vaccine mandates should be mandatory for every single American worker, even in the private sector. Otherwise, you couldn't work six weeks ago. And now suddenly the science has changed so much that we can just go maskless. And Nancy Pelosi is totally fine with this. When we we as conservatives have been saying for a year and a half, guys, look at Florida, look at this, the actual data. Let's move on from this because this is just political theater. Now, suddenly, when the narrative has shifted to Ukraine and Russia and when it's no longer popular and the polling numbers are so bad for the Democrats and they've lost at the Supreme Court with their petty tyranny and their overt attempts at control, now, suddenly, the science has changed. No, it's not the science. It's the political science. And this should infuriate everyone. It infuriates me. And I was so angry listening to the State of the Union last night because Joe Biden is sitting there as if this is actually something that, you know, he was trying to protect Americans and this was so virtuous and this was so, oh, yeah, we've trusted the science. Now we're following the CDC's guidelines as if it wasn't his fault and the fault of the Democrat Party and their absolute lust for power that forced the lockdowns that were ineffective. We know that from the Johns Hopkins study. There was literally no impact. And for the school children who still in the state of New York have to wait until, um, you know, what is it, next Wednesday to remove their masks? And, you know, what's the difference between now and next Wednesday? I mean, it's, it's absolutely absurd. And so I was infuriated with Joe Biden for standing up in front of the American people and actually pretending that this is still a concern for health and safety, and that somehow this is for the good of the American people, instead of simply apologizing. He should have apologized to the American people and said, the lockdowns didn't work. The COVID data was flawed. There are things that the CDC hid from America and actually been transparent. And I don't respect Joe Biden at all. I don't respect the Democrat Party at all. But that at least would have been an overture of good faith. And he could have at least built some sort of possible credibility attempt if he had come out to the American people and admitted that we are now moving forward because what we did in the midst of this pandemic was wrong. It was unconstitutional. It was an overreach. And we will never, ever, ever put America and America's citizens in that position again. But of course, he can't do that. Even in the midst of his failing poll numbers, even in the midst of disastrous approval rating, he doesn't care about the voters. All he cares about is his own control. And because that didn't work, if it had worked, they would still be telling you to self-isolate and to that you have to have a vaccine. If they could have gotten away with it, they would have. But because that didn't work, suddenly the narrative has changed to Ukraine and Russia. And overnight, all of the Democrats apparently got all the talking points that coordinated their little Twitter bios. And now it's virtue signaling on Ukraine and it's virtue signaling. And suddenly it's a great thing that this president is protecting his borders. It's very, very strange to me. So my take on Ukraine, of course, they have the right to protect their own sovereignty, protect their border. Um, whether or not, you know, some of the rumors about President Zelensky, you know, whether or not he's a hero or not, um, those things I think can be discussed and debated and should be. But the bottom line here is that we understand that it's not just about spreading democracy. It's not about America going and picking winners and losers. It's not about 
um, you know, who we decide should be in power. This isn't about what America, quote unquote, thinks, right? This is all about recognizing what our founders did uh, at the founding of our nation, which applies actually to every nation because it applies to every human being because we are all human beings made in the image of God, that as human beings, we have inherent dignity and worth, and we also have individual rights that are God-given. They're not government-given, which means that even though here in America, our government is obligated to preserve and protect our rights, and that's the purpose of government, is to promote good, restrain evil, to protect our God-given rights, that's actually the obligation of every government system across America. And whether or not it's a constitutional republic, whether um, the government system looks a little bit different, that legitimate obligation is still true for every single nation across the world and across human history. That has always been the sole legitimate purpose of any government system, just like how the composition of you know, a family um, looks different um, in terms of you know, how families operate now and you know, 2,000 years ago, right? But um, how a family is obligated uh, in its sphere of authority under God, that hasn't changed. Um, and having a man and a woman, a husband and wife, a father and a mother, training up their children in the way that they should go, instilling um, moral values, giving the best possible environment to learn the truth about God, um, that hasn't changed. And that doesn't change depending on what culture um, you're raised in, depending on what uh, time and era of world history you're raised in. It, it, it doesn't matter because truth doesn't change. And those aspects of delegated authority from God never change. Those are immutable um, truths. And so as we look at the situation in Ukraine, one immutable truth is that the right to self-govern, the right for Ukraine to have independence for its own people, to determine their own system of government, to protect their own sovereign nation, to protect the rights of their own citizens against invasion by a foreign country who is then imposing uh, their system of government on, um, on their people. The spirit of independence and liberty is still at the heart of every nation and of every free people. And that's something when America says, you know, we quote unquote spread democracy. I think that's actually um, a false narrative and a false suggestion. What we should be doing is spreading truth. And what we should be doing is spreading the objective truth that every human being is made in the image of God and has inherent dignity and worth and rights that are given by God our creator. And so to encourage every government to value those rights and not necessarily use the term, quote unquote, human rights. That's been a term that's co-opted from the left and warped out of, you know, all get out because um, the left now has a different definition of human rights. But the genuine rights that are given to every human by God and understanding those rights and understanding that every person across the face of the earth has those same rights, whether they're American, whether they're Ukrainian, whether they're Russian. Uh, no matter what their culture, no matter their citizenship in whatever nation, every human being is still made in the image of God and has the same exact rights that are given by God, our creator. So the best thing that America can do, in my opinion, in this situation is to encourage that truth and encourage Ukraine to be able to persist as a sovereign nation. So I want to talk more uh, now with 
one of um, my good friends who's part of our Salem media family, uh, Chad Robichaud. But before we get there, I also uh, definitely want to talk to you about uh, Legacy Precious Metals, who, of course, is uh, one of our great sponsors here at the Jenna Ellis Show. Um, because last year, as you know, friends, um, your dollar lost a ton of value and inflation rose by almost 7% in just one month toward the end of the year. So that means in 30 days, your dollar became 93 cents. Inflation is a silent killer, and it's a hidden tax that is felt by everyone. Notice how Joe Biden didn't talk uh, about anything last night and, you know, his uh, Rand Paul actually said that was the best tweet that he put out was, does the president have a secret plan to fight inflation? That was a reference to one of the greatest episodes of the West Wing. I thought it was hilarious and it was totally trolling and not everybody got it. But um, as a fan of the show, the West Wing, I thought it was hilarious. But um, but anyway, this administration is totally making this worse and inflation is not slowing down. It's escalating quickly and we can see that. So gold provides a hedge against inflation and can protect your family's wealth. Legacy Precious Metals is the company that I trust for investing in gold and silver. And they also do cryptocurrency and a lot of different investments so you can diversify and expand your portfolio. And you have to take this seriously because oil prices are skyrocketing. We have supply chain issues still. And all of this is simply going to comp compound our inflation problems. You can trust Legacy Precious Metals because they give you unbiased counsel based on your personal situation. It's time to be proactive and take steps now to protect your retirement health and your financial health and well-being. So call Legacy Precious Metals today. You can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-528-1903, or you can download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, so joining me now, fresh off of the Liberty Stage for Convocation today, which is really exciting, our friends there at Liberty University, is Chad, Chad Robichaud, who is uh, the president of the Mighty Oaks uh, Foundation and is also a USMC Force Recon veteran and is going to Ukraine tomorrow with your uh, NGO to actually help extract Americans from Ukraine. So, Chad, thanks so much for joining me today and uh, talk about why why you're going to Ukraine. I mean, obviously in the midst of this situation, but specifically uh, right now and what you're looking to do there in Ukraine. Yeah, well, not to get off Ukraine, but I want to mention that the NGO I'm going with, we stood up an organization called Save Our Allies that was stood up to go get my interpreter, Afghan interpreter, and his family. We ended up going to get them, as well as 17,000 uh, Afghans, Americans, uh, allies, vulnerable people groups like women, children, and uh, Christians that we persecuted there. So we just got off of doing that. We're still moving people out of Afghanistan right now. Uh, you know, 17,000 people was the second largest next to the U.S. military evacuation. Uh, so that organization, Save Our Allies, is now stepping up to the response of what's happening in Ukraine and, uh, you know, the, the mess that has been created by the administration, uh, really to allow Putin to have the, uh, you know, to be so emboldened to attack uh, Ukraine, the Ukrainian people, while we have Americans there. And while, uh, you know, the UK, Ukraine population of civilians are being impacted by this. And so we're going to be going, uh, I already have a team member, uh, former Special Forces uh, a soldier who's there right now. He's been there for two weeks doing an assessment for us. We reached a point now to where I'll take a little bit bigger team of uh, just a handful of us, and we're going to go in and do two things. One is we're going to be looking at working with the, uh, Poland, who's building a hospital, uh, and then the hospital is going to have, trans have transportation off of the, out of the Ukraine to this hospital, 
And so we're going to be looking at supporting that hospital in that medical evacuation effort with uh, what's called 18 Deltas, special operations medics uh, to do uh, mobility care, transport people, and provide that emergency care to get them to the hospital and get them stable and get them out of Ukraine. Uh, my, uh, the other part of our team is going to be, I'm going to be taking them in. Uh, we're going to go in as save our allies, uh, non-combatants. We don't have no interest in going in, fighting with, uh, getting involved in the conflict, but to go in and assess how to evacuate uh, Americans and how to evacuate the wounded people to get them to the hospital and to get them the care they need and to take that burden off of the Ukrainian hospitals that are being flooded with uh, wounded civilians right now. And so that's what we're going to be doing over the next few days. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting there and doing the best we can to help out. Yeah. And so the most obvious question, I think, is why isn't the Biden administration doing this? Why is it falling on NGOs? And, and for those not familiar with that acronym, it's non-governmental organization. So, I mean, you, you guys are civilians going in and helping actually extract Americans. Uh, where is the Biden administration in all of this? Yeah, I mean, um, look. This is the same thing in Afghanistan. That, you know, why did we go to Afghanistan? Why did we get 17,000 people out? Because our government and this administration was not willing to do the right thing. Uh, and, and not only not do the right thing, but lied about it. Said that we, there was one Americans there that want to get out. I can tell you in the last 60 days, we've got 80 Americans out uh, and, and hundreds of vulnerable people. We're, getting, we're moving 200 women out right now that are on the Taliban's list. Doctors and medical, uh, medical doctors and teachers and journalists and teenage girls that have been uh, targeted by the Taliban for being Christians. So, um, I mean, they're not doing the right thing in Afghanistan. Uh, and so why would people in Ukraine, American citizens and Ukrainian people, expect our government to do something? You know, we, we created this uh, debacle by losing our energy dependence. Uh, the Biden administration on day one uh, killed our energy independence by uh, getting rid of the Keystone Pipeline and starting to take sanctions off of Russia and buying oil from Russia. In November, we bought 250 million barrels of oil from Russia, 100 million barrels from Iran. We're buying 17 million barrels a month of oil from Russia right now. United States is the third largest consumer of oil from Russia right now in the middle of all this. And the White House has said they're not going to stop allowing the purchase of oil from America uh, to Russia. And so Vladimir Putin has no consequences uh, if he to do whatever he wants in, our, in Iran. He's making money off of this. The more he attacks Ukraine, the higher oil goes up, he makes more money. So there's no, nothing uh, disincentivizing him. America needs energy independence because of things like this. It makes our national security stronger and it makes the world a safer place. If Biden would stop buying Russian oil uh, today, the world would have to follow and, uh, and Putin would be back in the corner because the only natural resource they have is oil and gas. And so that's the way to do it. Where Reagan did it with Gorbachev. And, uh, and, and cut off the sale of oil supply, of their oil supply. And, uh, you know, but we don't have a leadership in the White House that's willing to do it now. Yeah. And so contrast that strategy from what we heard uh, Biden say at the State of the Union last night. And it actually, to me, um, you know, I tweeted about this saying when he's talking about protecting Ukraine and almost saying, you know, we are standing up against Putin and we uh, with all of the uh, what the Ukrainians are doing there on the ground. And it, to me, it almost was stolen valor because I was saying, OK, what are you actually doing? You're using we in this context, but the administration isn't implementing those very common sense 
strategies, Chad, like what you're just describing. And yet Biden is somehow claiming that he is this stalwart leader when clearly he's not doing anything to stop Putin, even in the United Nations. Now, I mean, it's the GOP that's actually having to lead this resolution to try to say, why does um, why does Russia have a veto vote on the U.N. Security Council to just veto this resolution that is condemning the invasion into Ukraine? I mean, literally, the Biden administration seems like they're doing absolutely nothing. They're not. They're not standing up. And, you know, these late, uh, very late to the game, uh, last minute sanctions or or all theater. I mean, you can't say that you're sanctioning Russia to, to influence them to, to not do bad things in Ukraine while you're still allowing the, the purchase of the U.S. purchase of 17 million barrels a month of oil. I mean, it's two billion dollars going to, uh, from the United States into Russia per month. And if you're not going to make that decision, then everything you're saying after that is all theater and smoke and mirrors. Uh, you, you, you have to, America is expected to take lead right now in this. And for the first time in 80 years, by the way, we followed in sanctions. We were not the first to sanction. The UK was. And, that was, and they, they were waiting. The world was waiting for us to step up and make some of these decisions, and we didn't. And we came second to the, to the UK. There was talks uh, between Germany and France and other uh, UN, UN nations about how, to handle, uh, about how to handle Ukraine that the United States wasn't even invited to. When a year ago, we would have been leading these talks. Uh, but because, uh, because of what we did in Afghanistan, we're no longer trusted in the world. And, uh, and our country is a less safe place. Our national security is at stake. And, and ultimately, what we're seeing now is the world is a less safe place. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, I, I would hate to be in Taiwan right now because they know that they're next uh, and there's no consequences that's going to come for them uh, because, yeah. you know, China, China sees what's happening here and like, well, why not? Why not take Taiwan? Absolutely. And, you know, and you mentioned Afghanistan, which Joe Biden incidentally didn't last night in his State of the Union. There was no mention of uh, the 13 U.S. Marines that were killed in uh, in Cabal. And he's just glossing over that and now putting his focus on Russia. And we saw that even though the White House said initially in Afghanistan that Americans had gotten out, uh, that was a lie. And there were Americans that were still trapped in Afghanistan. And so how um, how similar, how different do you see the situation in Ukraine with Americans that are currently needing uh, some of the, the rescue that you're, you're uh, going at now with this NGO uh, to go in and actually help extract them? I mean, is this something that the Biden administration is actually derelict in an obligation um, under law that they aren't um, actually helping get Americans out safely? Yeah, this is all so new. And so uh, I- I'm just blown away because, and I was just telling this to the kids as a, uh, I see kids, uh, a young men and women at Liberty University when I, when I was speaking, you know, from the world I come from, from the uh, life in, in special operations, we don't leave Americans behind. The United States does not leave Americans behind that are in war zones. Uh, for the United States to leave Americans in Afghanistan, was a complete, not only atrocity to me, but just something we don't do as Americans. Even if there's one American there, even if they made a mistake and made a bad decision to be left there, the State Department and the United States military will scorch the earth to go get them. I mean, I know uh, special operations rescue teams that have been like, hey, we might lose one or two guys. Okay, that's a cost to go and get this American because that's what we do. But we left thousands of Americans in Afghanistan, and many are still there right now. And the United States has moved on. He didn't even mention the State of Union, like you said. I am thankful that I won heckler in the crowd that yelled uh, that we left thir- that we uh, lost 13 
of a warrior because people need to speak up and, and call. Yeah. Lauren uh, Bobert from my home state of Colorado. Very proud of her <laughs> for doing that. She's gotten yeah. a lot of flack on, on Twitter and of course on mainstream media for that today, but I was very proud of her for that as well. <laughs> they didn't have any problems yelling at President Trump when he was up there to the state of the unit. Uh, but look, uh, the same thing in Ukraine right now. We have Americans there and the State Department is not taking any action. The United States government and the White House won't even mention their names. They won't even mention how many people are there. I won't even mention uh, any plans to go get them. There is no plans to go get them. Uh, I don't want to, I don't, I, I'm 46 years old. I'm, my special operations days are done. I don't want to have to be going in Ukraine to do this, but somebody has to if our government's not going to do it. And it's taking uh, brave men and women around the world from NGO organizations to go in and do this. And, and, and we're doing it because we have to, because if, if it was me there, if it was my wife or kids there, uh, I hope someone will be coming get me when our government is neglecting that duty. And, you know, yeah. one of the things that I think we need to learn out about this is the State Department does not track uh, Americans traveling abroad. I don't believe that the, our government should track individuals where we're going, what we're doing. But I do believe we have the capacity to know numbers. Uh, they can't even give a real number of how many Americans are in countries because they depend on the traveler to register with the State Department, which most people just don't do. And, uh, they, you know, through customs and through uh, the customs process, we have the ability to know the numbers that are in a country, we have the ability to know how many uh, U.S. citizens are in Afghanistan or in Ukraine, but it's a definitely a, a deficit uh, in our government and a deficiency that you know, multiple administrations have been part of, and uh, it's something that needs to be rectified and fixed. So we know what the numbers are. If we knew right now there were 20,000 people in Ukraine, then we know what type of operation we'd have to go get them, but, but we don't know that information. Yeah. So what are you anticipating when you go in tomorrow and try to help get Americans out? Um, are you just going in kind of not really knowing what's on the ground there? Or what do you anticipate in terms of actually being able to help and uh, get as many people out as you can? Well, we know, I mean, we know from my guy that's been on the ground there and reports of trusted sources, uh, what the security threat is there. It's actually, we believe to be worse than the news. Uh, and, and, um, than this is showing. So it's, it's a very uh, non-permissive environment. Um, however, you know, there's lots of, we know, we're not the first, there's lots of NGO organizations out there doing great humanitarian work. And we're just gonna be part of that. I wanna make a very fair assessment of what's viable uh, to move Americans out and to move the wounded out to a place of uh, transport. So we can get them out of the country into neighboring countries to get medical care. And so, you know, for us, uh, we're going there uh, initially this next week, we'll be doing just a really fair assessment what the situation is and how we could be most effective in helping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as I'm listening to this chat and, and I think, you know, as others are listening to this interview uh, now, it's, it's actually making me angry that you're having to go in and do this. Like you said, I mean, you know, it's, it's something where the Biden administration has been so derelict in protecting any of the rights and interests of America. And we've seen such a contrast between Biden and, of course, President Trump's administration. And um, a lot of Americans are wondering, where does this go? I mean, we've seen how the narrative has changed and everything is focused now on Russia and Ukraine. And so COVID is literally over overnight. And, you know, we're not talking about Afghanistan anymore. Um, But now there is this potential nuclear threat Uh, And so should Americans be concerned? I think a lot of people who haven't necessarily been following foreign policy this specifically 
are now kind of being thrust in a situation. What else, what, what am I supposed to be afraid of next and how do I understand what's going on? So from your perspective as, you know, former special forces, um, from your perspective as a veteran, what's the most important point of this that Americans and especially Christians should be concerned about and should anticipate moving forward? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not one to, to fear monger and get people scared to, to move people a certain way. But with that said, Americans should be not only scared, but terrified. Uh, what we see, have seen done in only a year's time, uh, there's three more years of this presidency and the amount of destruction that could happen to the United States, to our national security, to our economy, and to the security and stability of the world. Uh, with three more years, it is terrifying. Um, to see uh, a country like Russia so emboldened that they would take such action against, against Ukraine uh, and in the way that it's happened is terrifying. I mean, they pretty much are in a position to right, right now, they could do whatever they want. They're committing war crimes, knowing that there will be no repercussions because no government in the world is going to stand against them so long as they don't touch a NATO nation. That is not okay. That is not okay for the United States to take that position and create an environment, uh, uh, economically create an environment that allows that. And, uh, and we're going to see the same thing from China. I mean, we just had you know, Kim Jong-un fire, fire a, a rocket off because he's like, hey, I want to be part of this party. Uh, you know, I'm still a bad guy, and, and now I could behave this way. Um, this is going to get worse. And, uh, and you know, again, people get fear-mongered to push people to the, to the election, uh, to election cycles, and I've never been one to do that, but I'm doing that now. The midterms is, is so crucial. Um, our Congress... Is has been corrupted and taken over by people that have no interest for the American people, but only for uh, political position, power, and greed. And we have to take our house back. And I don't mean the Republican Party. I mean America has to take the house back. And unfortunately, right now, uh, it, it is. It does mean a party because the Democrat Party is no no longer to be trusted. Many in the Republican Party too, but we have to uh, get control of our house back. And uh, and right now, that means uh, giving it back to the Republican Party to do something that hasn't been done. Uh, in the last few years. And, uh, and yeah, I think get really start from good there. conservatives in there as well. I mean, you know, there, there are still the establishment and the warmongering Republicans as well, and people who won't stand up for uh, liberty and freedom interests. And, you know, it's also interesting, Chad, how the, the narrative from the left has shifted so quickly into a lot of leftists that are supporting Ukraine and this idea that an armed citizenry can fight off invasion and that, you know, their president is actually standing firm on this, which flies totally against the face of uh, their own narrative. And you had Biden last night um, talking about um, putting even more restrictions on uh, gun ownership here in America when somehow they're championing Ukraine. So from just an optics perspective, um, what do you think the strategy is for the Democrat Party to support that when it flies in the face of what their own proclaimed or perceived values apparently lie here in the United States? Well, I mean, it's the party of hypocrisy. I mean, they, uh, I mean this is not uncommon for them to, you know, speak in one side of their mouth and outside the other. I mean, they they, but in this case specifically, yes, they're standing up for and saying these that Ukrainians are defending themselves and having the power to do that. Well, they're having the power to do that uh, because they have they're able to arm their they're able to arm their citizens right now. And uh, you know, it's one of the things that our Second Amendment provides for us is the ability to protect ourselves, and that way we'll never be in a situation like this. I mean, uh, I don't think anyone wants to try to invade America. I live in Texas, and uh, there would be a lot of problems if somebody came into Texas and uh, and tried to you know go door to door in Texas. And so, uh, you know, I think it's, it's just typical hypocrisy from the left. But you asked a question I think is also important. 
what could what should Christians be doing? And one of the things that I speak in a lot of churches, and one of the things that in the last few years I've really spoke about is Christians are so upset about where our country is, and they're shaking their fists at the television and the government. When I think the church is responsible for where we are, this country claims to be a Christian nation. Christians claim that we are the majority, but we don't. We certainly don't vote that way. And uh, and Christians need to stop. Uh, voting with their emotions and their feelings and who they like and don't like and vote for a great conservative Christian values uh, at the polls. And if we were in that situation, if Christians would do what Christians are supposed to do, this country would not be in a situation they were in. And I really want to challenge Christians to step up and, and, and vote what they claim they believe in and, uh, and make, make sound decisions. Uh, when, they, when they vote, don't look for the R or D next to a name. Look for who the person is. Figure out their, their policies and how their policies align with your beliefs as a Christian. We just did that as Christians. Our country will be back on track. So well said. I couldn't agree more. And that is absolutely true that if Christians would stand up and they would vote and they would not listen to all of the mainstream media and look at the personality cults and all of this, but actually just vote for our values and the person who will get the job done the best our country would be in a different spot and we wouldn't have a lot of these different arguments. And if pastors would stand up and actually teach the truth instead of being so concerned about celebrity status as well and all kinds of other things, then Christians would also be more informed and would be discipled better as well. So, um, and, and Chad, you know, your, your personal story is also really great. And I know I only have a few more minutes here with you because you're running to another meeting uh, with some veterans. So I don't want to keep you, but, um, but your personal story is also so amazing. And, um, you know, you're part of the Salem media family here. You have a weekly show, uh, The Situation Report, and then you also, um, your story was featured in um, the movie I Am Second, which is amazing. And so um, so tell people who maybe aren't familiar with that more of your background and why you know, that particular line of conversation is so important to, um, to both of us as, you know, as, as sincere yeah. Christians. Yeah, I mean, I, I, prior to doing all this, you know, I was a, I was a four street Marine who did eight deployments to Afghanistan. My family has 80 years of service, started from World War II, Korea, my we have 53 years of the Marine Corps uh, that just been ended, by the way, my dad, myself, and both of my sons are Marines. And my youngest son just ended our 52 years of service to the Marine Corps by having to leave because of being discharged because of the vaccine. Completely different show. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, yeah so, a whole, whole separate rant, but we'll get there. Separate rant. Sure. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, um, I, I did a diploma in Afghanistan. I came home with PTSD and, and, and uh, was diagnosed with it and had a downward spiral that almost led to me being another veteran suicide statistic. And, and uh, there was a, a, a long road to recovery for the struggles I had. Uh, but the biggest piece for me was the restoration of my faith and mentorship of a or discipleship of a local man from a church, uh, from a local church in my community, uh, which led me to you know, restoration and hope and ultimately purpose again, which manifested in me having a deep burden on my heart to help other veterans. And we started Mighty Oaks Foundation uh, 11 years ago, I've been able to speak to 250,000 active duty troops from bases around the world about suicide prevention, resiliency, spiritual resiliency. And, uh, and I was also able to start a program called the Legacy Program, where we have veterans, active duty service members, first responders, and spouses come down to ranches. And we do about $5 million a year in programming where we pay for everything, including their travel, to come to the programs and, uh, and get the help they need to be able to move forward in the lives that they were created to live in. Uh, with the successes there, I was able to uh, work with President Trump and be the chairman of the White House Faith-Based Coalition to help get executive order passed with President Trump and the prevents bill to put faith-based programs back in the VA and DOD because uh, we know that veterans deserve that choice. And there is a you know PTSD and combat trauma is a spiritual wound, which deserves an option for a spiritual solution. 
and our veterans deserve the right to be able to have that option. So that's primarily what I've been doing at Mighty Oaks Foundation. If any veterans listening, Mighty Oaks Foundation, uh, mightyoaksprograms.org is our website. You can get help there. And if anybody wants to support, that's where you can support as well. And then, um, you know, saveourallies.org is how you can find out more about the Afghanistan and, and Ukraine efforts that we're doing. Thank you so much for your service. And we need men and women like you who uh, who are standing up strongly for America, for this country. And um, you're truly you know, putting your life on the line to help uh, save Americans. And um, I personally will be praying for you. And I want to ask please. everybody else who is listening yeah, to this show um, to be praying for your safety, for the safety of everyone else to save our allies, and also for the Americans um, who will be coming back with you from you know, Afghanistan and Ukraine. And of course, um, you know, for the, this terrible trauma of a war that's so unnecessary. Um, but Chad, I just, I so appreciate your service, um, your commitment to the Lord and for your foundation. And I hope that everyone um, will help in the way that they can. And the best thing that we can do, of course, as well as pray, um, pray for the future of our country, for our nation, and uh, pray for your safety as well. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And anybody wants to follow what we're doing, you can follow me on my Instagram. I always try to keep updates of what's going on from there. So. We will. Thanks so much. Chad Show. Thanks. God bless. All right. That was Chad Show uh, from the Mighty Oaks Foundation. And for everyone listening, again, please, please uh, keep him in prayer. Keep um, our amazing veterans in prayer. Um, everyone in Ukraine, all of the Americans that are seeking uh, to leave and get out safely, both there and in Afghanistan, the greatest thing that Christians can do first and foremostly is pray. We know from the Bible that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And uh, we are not only obligated to pray, but also encouraged to because our prayer is effective. And uh, we need to be not just concerned about policies, not just talking about the analysis of this, but taking all of this daily to the Lord in prayer. And um, I so appreciated Chad coming on because, of course, you know, we knew that he's going to be uh, going to Ukraine tomorrow. So for him to take some time out of his schedule today and talk to us before he leaves um, was just really incredibly important to not only get um, his perspective on what's going on in Ukraine, uh, but also to see um, from him specifically uh, how he's going over there, what his mission is, and uh, how these NGOs are trying to uh, really do what the Biden administration is failing to do. So um, so let's just keep him in prayer and our country in prayer. You know, we have three more years of this uh, failing administration, whether or not uh, Joe Biden persists through all of the three years. Um, you know, we'll see. I think there's a lot of people, myself included, that are very sincerely questioning his mental capacity. Um, but uh, you know, whether or not he persists through the next uh, three years, the administration that is around him that is actually calling the shots uh, is is persisting. And that's a really scary thought. And, you know, again, not to fear monger, like Chad said, but to face reality and face um, the understanding of what um, America is and isn't doing right now that uh, really needs uh needs to do. And so the midterms are incredibly important. And for everyone, regardless of what state you are in that you're listening from, you need to be participating in your state and local elections. Uh, make sure that you get out and vote for your Christian values. If every person who self-identifies as a Christian 
and has sincere faith, gets out and votes and actually participates in politics, in policy, in voting, in our constitutional system, we absolutely could overnight change America. And it is one of the most discouraging and frustrating things to me when I see how many evangelical Christians and and Catholics and everyone who calls themselves a sincere Christian sits at home and says, I don't want to participate because there isn't a perfect candidate. Well, then you are leaving the results of elections to worse people who are set up either by the establishment, by the Democrats, or by people who absolutely hate America and what America stands for. So get out and vote. Make sure that you are encouraging um, everyone around you in your church. Encourage your pastor to be talking about the truth from the pulpit. Do not shy away from these types of issues because obviously they impact our everyday life. They impact everything that we can do for the sake of religious freedom, for exercising our God-given rights um, here in America. And also we're seeing how this impacts the world. So we as the church need to be involved. We need to be on the front lines. We need to make sure that we are boldly speaking truth in every sphere of culture and government. So before I go, I also want to talk to you about one more thing, and that is Centurion Labs. Um, So the vaccines we know has not eliminated the Chinese Fauci virus, even though voila, somehow uh, yesterday, it seems that magically overnight, the political science has changed. Uh, But we all still need extra protection for our immune systems. And so my friends at Centurion Labs have combined five key ingredients to defend your immune system against allergies, colds, the flu, and even the coronavirus. It's called Centurion Defender. It incorporates vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, copper, and quercetin in just one capsule. So no more swallowing 10 pills a day or not taking supplements because the individual cost is just too high. Just like the Centurions of Rome led by example and held themselves to the highest possible standards, Centurion Labs has dedicated the last 15 years to research and develop safe, effective, and affordable healthcare products that are made in the USA that you can trust. So for a limited time, listeners of this show can save 20% off their first order of Centurion Defender when you visit centurionlabs.com forward slash Jenna. Use the promo code Jenna. So defend your health today with Centurion Defender. That's Centurion Labs, labs with an S, centurionlabs.com forward slash Jenna and use the promo code Jenna. Before I go, I also want to talk about my good friend, Mike Lindell. He has been canceled out of so many box stores for simply standing up for his own political opinion and disagree or not, uh, or support him or not. It is a fundamental right of every American to be able to voice their opinion. And that absolutely includes politics. That absolutely includes uh, issues that are central to our culture. That includes faith. Uh, Mike is such a very sincere Christian, and I am proud to consider him a friend. And he is, of course, a friend of this show. So right now, there is a special on MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including a great towel set, which is a six-piece set includes two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths, made in the USA, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99, but you have to use the promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. That tells Mike that you listen to this show, you're happy that he is uh, a sponsor of this show, and you will get great, great discounts, but use the promo code Jenna, that's J-E-N-N-A, either at MyPillow.com or call one 800 564 8475 and use the promo code Jenna. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.